Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey assisting me today. We are the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. The title of today's lesson will be, I Declare War. I Declare War, brothers and sisters. According to the Bible, Warfare is what we see outside. It starts off with psychological warfare, right? It, it'll get physical. It starts with psychological warfare before it gets to physical warfare, brothers and sisters. The only way to overcome during this day, during this time, is through wisdom, brothers and sisters. The Bible gives us the information that we need to understand the information we need to internalize to actually understand what we're seeing. Satan is looking to confuse us, brothers and sisters. The Bible tells you that Satan rules over you by ignorance. So as long as he can keep us ignorant of what's going on, what his plan is, he can rule over you. The Bible tells you what? With all thy getting, get understanding. Why? Because Satan rules over you in any area of ignorance. So we're going to utilize the Bible today, brothers and sisters. We need our people, especially the children of Israel, to closely watch the scriptures that are coming out. It's preparation, brothers and sisters. It's time to strap up your boots. Here we go. We're at Jeremiah, the 30th chapter, the 7th and the 8th verse. Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Alas! For that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the time of what, brother? Of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. Brothers and sisters, the author magnifies an unprecedented time of crisis in the history of Israel. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 7. Alas, for that day is great. This is a great time. So that none is like it. Look at that. This will be the worst time in the history of the earth, brothers and sisters, for our people. The greatest, we're going to meet the greatest opposition, brothers and sisters. There is never a time. Now, when the Bible says there's never a time, the Most High knows we've actually been into slave ships. So what he's saying is something worse than slave ships is coming for you. Alas, for that day is great. So that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. Notice that it's called Jacob's trouble. Meaning both houses will experience this. Right? Judah, which is the northern, the north, excuse me, the southern kingdom. The Judeans, Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. And then Israel, which are the northern kingdom. Which is your, your native, your Hispanic tribes. Okay? So this is Jacob's trouble. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So all of our people are going to go through this. The Dominicans are going through this. The Haitians are going through this. The Jamaicans are going through this. The Mexicans are going through this. The Hawaiians are going through this. The Indonesians are going through this. The Vietnamese are going through this. The Costa Ricans are going through this. See, this isn't a black thing. This is an Israelite thing that the Bible is telling you about. Take a look at the next scripture. Verse 8, for it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds 
and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Brothers and sisters, this particular verse refers to the oppressive yoke of the Gentile powers. Look at what the Bible is saying is going on. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck. The yoke off the neck. If you've ever seen the slave movies, they put the, the chain on the neck, right? It goes to the neck and it connects to the hands, right? So it's all, it's a yoke, brothers and sisters. It's just like what you put on a, uh, on a bull. He's telling you, this has to happen, Israel, because this is how we take the yoke off. You're going to have to go through this, all this COVID madness and rumors of war, right? And jobs being um, in jeopardy. He's saying, this is how I get the yoke off, okay? They're not going to let you walk away, okay? They're not going to let you just walk away, brothers and sisters. The Most High is going to have to destroy you. <clears throat> That I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bond. Listen to this part. And strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. And what, brother? And strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. The author laments our current condition as under the yoke of foreign oppressors. It says, they shall no longer serve themselves of us. What does that mean? <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, they've exploited us every at every turn. They've made money. They've exploited our ignorance. They've exploited our captivity at every step of the way, brothers and sisters. Every step of the way, they have, you know, they have benefited. They set up a system to benefit from our ignorance. So the Bible is saying, I'm going to take the yoke off. But no more serving these other nations, okay? No more serving how they've set it up, brothers and sisters. They're the lawyers, right? Not only are they the lawyers, they own all the grocery stores, right? And then you have what? When you go into the, the community's uh, beauty supply stores, what's there? You have Koreans set up, mostly Koreans set up there, right? For our sisters to take the money for the hair, right? And then you have what? The nail salons. They're making money off our sisters there. And then where I'm from, you have carryout. Right. With Chinese who carry out. So they're in the hood. What else do you have? You have the liquor store that the Arabs own. They own the liquor stores and they own the, uh, the gas stations. So everyone is just making money off of us. Everyone is benefiting from us. Right. The Bible is saying no more of this. I'm going to break that yoke off. The only way to take that yoke off, Jacob, is through wisdom. You need the wisdom first that what's going on, what you're seeing is actually a yoke being broken. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, brothers and sisters. We'll stand in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter, the 7th verse. Ecclesiastes 10 and 7. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge a serpent shall bite him. Brothers and sisters, take a look at this again. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 7. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Look at that. You see that, brothers and sisters? Here Solomon prognosticates what our spiritual negligence would do. 
This is what it would generate, brothers and sisters. According to the text, the dereliction and duty would prompt the type of role reversal we're seeing today. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 7. I have seen servants upon horses. Servants are actually on the horses. They're riding. And princes walking as servants upon the earth. But the princes who are the kings of the earth are what? <laughs> They're the servants. They're the one walking next to the horse with a yoke on their neck. So kings and queens have been reduced to subordinates. Brothers and sisters, could you read that one more time, brother? I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Princes, brothers and sisters, the prince is what? The son of a king, right? Our father, the most high, we're his children. We're the children of Israel. You're seeing prince walking as servants upon the earth. That means degraded from our honor, banished from our thrones, brothers and sisters, reduced to the lowest state and condition. This is what you're seeing, brothers and sisters, right? Look over at what's going on um, with the Haitians, right? Look at what's going on there. Every step of the way, brothers and sisters, we're under attack. We're under attack every step of the way. It starts with what? psychological warfare and then it moves to chemical warfare and then it goes to physical warfare so first thing they do is they attack your mind right they come after your mind and then they come after your body they try to start injecting you with different chemicals right a chemical imbalance that's chemical warfare and then what the physical warfare once they've degraded your mind They've degraded your blood. Now we come after them physically. See, our people only understand physical warfare. And that's going to be a problem, brothers and sisters. Because by the time we get to physical warfare, the, the war is already won. The war has already been won for them because they've demoralized us. They've taken down our strength internally. And now they come with physical brute force. The Bible is telling you something, something role reversal has happened. Servants are the ones in authority. Princes are the ones being subjugated. God understands this. Solomon understood this, brothers and sisters. Let's take a look at Lamentations 5. Lamentations is a book of Jeremiah, brothers and sisters. We're going to have Brother Corey read verse 7 and 8. Lamentations 5, verse 7. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Brothers and sisters, here we read a, a penitent confession of the sins of who? Of our ancestors. Could you read that again, brother? Verse 7. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Look at that. We finally recognize the reason for God's heavy hand upon us. Brothers and sisters, the text teaches us that corporate or, or what you call national sins can go unpunished for a time. See that our fathers have sinned and are not, which means our fathers are dead. <laughs> but the ramifications, a lot of that we're still dealing with, brothers and sisters. A lot of that we're still dealing with to this day. Take a look at verse 8. Verse 8. Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doth deliver us out of their hand. Jerusalem's fall means what? All of society's order is upset. It said that who's ruling? 
Servants have ruled over us. Look at that, brothers and sisters. The manner of person in which we serve is the most egregious part. Is that we're we're not just serving anyone. We're serving servants, brothers and sisters. The people ruling over us, brothers and sisters, were actually meant to serve God's people. Why? Because we're God's people. Not because we're black. Because we follow God. We follow his laws, statutes, and commandments. See, lead, that's leadership. That's leadership. You can't have heathens, people who follow no law, in rulership. When that happens, what do you get? <laughs> See, you get men with dresses on. America. You get America, Babylon, brothers and sisters. This is what you get. Babylon, confusion. Take a look at verse 16. Lamentations 5 and 16. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. Brothers and sisters, our sin would relegate our liberty to heathens. How do we know? Can you read that again, brother? The crown has fallen from our head. The crown, brothers and sisters. According to the text, our current condition is harnessed to our unwillingness to submit. Woe unto us that we have sinned. Look at that. It tells you the crown has fallen. Why did the crown fall? Woe unto us that we have sinned. That's why the crown fell, brothers and sisters. The text is teaching us that our freedom was conditional. Our freedom was conditional. It was contingent upon us doing what? Keeping our side of the covenant. Obeying the Most High God, brothers and sisters. Our obedience. Every time we got freed from Egypt, what happened? We started sinning. <laughs> what happened after that? Then all the other captivities, brothers and sisters. We went into the Babylonian captivity. We went into the Persian captivity. We went into the Greek captivity. And here we are amongst the Romans. Here we are amongst the Romans, brothers and sisters. You better recognize who you're dealing with. Okay? Because if you don't understand who you're dealing with, you don't understand who the Romans are. You're in a world of trouble, my brother, my sister. You're in a world of trouble because you don't know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with the most vile. You're dealing with the greatest government structure in the history of antiquity, brothers and sisters. The greatest military. You're not, you, you can't poo-poo this off. Recognize who you're going up against. Go read history. We've got to have that level of respect for our enemy, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 33 and 23. The title of today's lesson is, I Declare War. It's war time. It's war. Jeremiah. 33 and 23. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Saying what, brother? Considereth thou not what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord hath chosen, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people, that they should be no more a nation before them. Mm, brothers and sisters. The nations who operated as if we were permanently cast off committed great sin.
according to the text. According to what we're seeing here, they were salivating for an opportunity to take advantage of us. Listen to it again. See, this is the great, this is the greatness of the Bible that it gives us the mentality, the mindset of our enemies. See, we would never be in those rooms while this is being spoken. <laughs> they speak like this when you're not there. The Bible is the Bible has been constructed to give you that information. 23. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Consider thou not what this people have spoken. Look at this. He's saying, consider what these people have spoken, Israel, and then he's going to tell you what they've spoken. Saying, the two families which the Lord hath chosen. The two families, what does that mean? Judah, which is the Judeans, Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, which are the dark tribes, the Negroes. Um, you have the Haitians and you have the Jamaicans and West Indies. That was the uh, the. The southern kingdom. And then you had the northern kingdom. The Dominicans. The Puerto Ricans. The, um, <clears throat> the Costa Ricans. The Mexicans. Those from Chile. Those from Vietnam. Uh, all of those areas. Those are the northern kingdom. So it says two families that are chosen. Right? The two families. The two families which the Lord had chosen. He had to even cast them, <clears throat> cast them off. Look at this. The two families which he chose. He's cast them off. Thus they have despised my people. They despised us believing that God has done away with us. That they should be no more a nation before them. See that? Society as presently constructed has been assembled to hinder our rise, brothers and sisters. The text unveils the, the hostile mentality of the nations. See? They knew that they could only come against us if our God wasn't protecting us. See, they understood that. And guess what? The author tells us that our lack of protection provoked their animosity. See that? They were scared before. Not of you, of our God. Once they knew that our God was no longer protecting us, they said, get them on the ground. Lay them down. Lay them down and don't let them back up. See? We have to come back to God. We have to come back to the Bible. This is the only way. They're not afraid of us because we're, you know, we're good athletes and we know how to dance and sing. They're not afraid of us because we're strong. They're afraid of us because of our God, brothers and sisters. Let's read the 24 one more time, brothers and sisters. I really need brothers to, to hear this. I really need sisters to hear the mindset of the Gentiles. And when we say the Gentiles, we're talking about the government structure. Of the Gentiles. We're not talking about regular white people walking down the street or regular Korean people walking down the street. They have no clue what's going on. But the governments, they know. And this is what they had to say. 24. Considerest thou not what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord hath chosen, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people. That they should be no more a nation before them. That we should be no more a nation. This is what has happened, brothers and sisters. They don't even want us to know that we're the children of Israel. See that, brothers and sisters? They have despised us. God is telling you this. God is aware of this hostility towards us, brothers and sisters. Therefore, the title, I Declare War. Let's go to Jeremiah 50 and 33, brothers and sisters. We're going to use the Bible to do what? We're going to use the Bible 
to get us in order. We want to use the Bible for training. Those of our brothers and sisters who went to the military, they had, you know, physical training and different stuff like that. This is physical training. This is PT, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 50 and 33. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. Were what? Oppressed together. Here we read the current state of affairs concerning our people. The children of Israel and the children of Judah. That's all tribes. And all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. The Most High shows himself sensible of the oppression we constantly endure. See, because I know a lot of brothers who went to Islam, right? Or went to, you know, the five percenters and all that. Thinking that God doesn't know. God knows. It's written in this Bible, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah calls attention to what? To their resistance, right? To relinquish their authority over us. Listen to it again. 33. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. We're all being oppressed. And all that took them captive held them fast. They refused to let them go. See that? He anticipates a Gentile objection to liberating our people. See, it says all that took them captives will not let them go. Brothers and sisters, if you can make, if you could become rich on someone else's back, right? Just imagine you had two of you and one of you went out and did all the work, cut the grass, made the money, and you were able to do whatever you want. That's a slave. Just imagine how far you would be if there was two of you. See that, brothers and sisters? Just, just imagine. It would be economically irresponsible for our conquerors to surrender their dominion. He said, all that took them captives held them fast, refused to let them go. Where, where did we hear that before? In Egypt. See, going all the way back to the Egyptians, which are black people, okay? So this isn't about white people. Okay, this is Gentiles. Right? Being controlled by the devil. Refuse to let us go. Why? Because they're building these, you know, they're building these cities for us. Brick. See, brothers and sisters? So those of us who think that we can just walk away are naive. They're not going to let you go. You're going to have to get behind your God. You're going to have to utilize wisdom. You think you're free, but you're not. The whips and chains are invisible now. Our God sees it. Our God is telling us how to get out of this, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ezekiel 35. Let's go to Ezekiel, the 35th chapter. And the 10th through the 12th verse. Ezekiel 35 verse 10 Because thou hast said These two nations and these two countries shall be mine And we will possess it Whereas the Lord was there Therefore as I live saith the Lord God I will even do according to thine anger And according to thine envy Which thou hast used out of thy hatred against them And I will make myself known among them When I have judged thee and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, and that I have I have heard all thy blasph 
for me which thou hast spoken against the mountain of Israel. Brothers and sisters, excuse me, brother. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Here it is. This is the idea. This is the mentality of who? The Europeans. All right. The European government, the structure of Esau. The Bible says the white man is called Esau or Edom, Edomite, which means red. That means their blood shall forth through their skin. The Bible is telling you, the Most High is telling you, this is their mindset. Not regular white people walking down the street. We, we don't have any indignation against white people. And in fact, Brother Corey and I have baptized white people into our church. Okay? <laughs> so, regular, you know. So, now they agree with us being the people, you know, and that they are who the Bible says they are. But we're not going to sit here and say all white people are bad because they're not. The government structure, brothers and sisters, is having this mindset here. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. Verse 10. Because thou hast said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine. These two nations, two countries. What, what is that? Northern Israel, southern Israel. And we will possess. Look at that. We're going to possess this land. Whereas the Lord was there. We're going to possess this land and this people. Therefore, as I live, said the Lord God. What, what did the Most High say? I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of hatred against them. And I will make myself known among them when I have judged you. Brothers and sisters, here the Most High expounds on the reason why he will judge Edom. Can you read 11 one more time, brother? Therefore, as I live, said the Lord God. I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of thy hatred against them. Look at this. It tells you they hate us and they envy us. See, so there's envy there, brothers and sisters. See, that hatred that they're showing, that hatred could only come from envy, brothers and sisters. They envy us. They can make it seem like, oh, you got bat big lips and, and, and nappy hair and all that. They envy us, brothers and sisters. See, that, that, what you're seeing there, that hatred, that comes from envy. That comes from wanting to be. That's where that comes from, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 11. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of hatred against them. And I will make myself known among them. When I have judged thee. Look at this. He will make himself known amongst our brother, our people. He will judge you based on your envy and your hatred. So God knows that you hate us and you envy us. And that the measurement of your judgment will be by your hatred. What's the next scripture say, brother? Verse 12. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord and that I have heard all thy blasphemies which thou hast spoken against the mountain of Israel, saying, Listen to them pontificate, saying what? They are laid desolate. They are given us to consume. Look at that. They're done. They won't get back up. Listen to them pontificate, brothers and sisters. They're laid desolate. They're, they're for us to consume. They're for us to step on. That's why they, they're for us to be slaves. See, brothers and sisters, our obedience will garner reciprocation from the Most High to the heathen. That's what this is telling you. See? Note that even the Most High judges, 
Look at that. He He's trying to heighten people's awareness of himself. <laughs> he said, I am the Lord. Thou shalt know I am the Lord. <laughs> he wants you to know who he is. Put some respect on his name. I want to read that again because I want you to see that he is very interested in making sure people know who he is, brothers and sisters. Let's read 10 through 12. Listen to how many times he said, I will make myself known or they shall know me. Ezekiel 35 verse 10. Because thou hast said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine and we will possess it. Whereas the Lord was there. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou used out of thy hatred against them. And I will make myself known among them. What will he do? I will make myself known among them when I have judged thee. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord. And what? And thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Ahia. And that I have heard all thy blasphemies, which thou hast spoken against the mountains of Israel, saying, They are laid desolate. They are given us to consume. See that? This is their mindset. Israel, there's a war going on outside. You see that? You think you're free? Because you got a nice car? You, you think you're free because you have a nice house? There's war going on outside. The Bible is giving you their mindset. We are weighed, we are laid desolate, given for them to consume. You see that, brothers and sisters? There is a war. They're not going to let us go without bloodshed, brothers and sisters. Now, we won't be shedding blood. The Most High will, though. The Most High will. The Bible is telling you there's a war. Let's go to Jeremiah 50. Let's see about this war. Jeremiah, the 50th chapter, the 7th verse. <clears throat> Jeremiah 50, verse 7. All that found them have devoured them. And their adversary said, We offend not, because they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice. Even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Brothers and sisters, non-compliance warrants that Israel continue to be maltreated with impunity. And they know that. Listen to what they say. All that found them have devoured them. Everyone who found us, not just the white man, have devoured us, have exploited us. And their adversary said. What do they say, brother? We offend not because they have sinned against the Lord. Mm, you see that, brothers and sisters? Our sin emboldens our enemies. <laughs> what did they say, brother? We offend not because they have sinned against the Lord. Why? The habitation of justice. They have sinned against the Lord. You see that, brothers and sisters? The Gentiles are fully aware of the rules of engagement. They said, listen, we've done nothing wrong, okay? We're going to let God use us as the belt to whoop your behind. <laughs> see, they understand the rules. Do you? Do you? We offend not because we or they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. The habitation of justice. They're saying God's justice, his righteousness is making them whoop, your, whoop our behind. <laughs> you see that, brothers and sisters? All the sin that we're doing would warrant that the white man knock you upside the head. And that's usually what happens when we start 
doing stuff all in the hood and all that, you know, dealing with drugs and beating up our girlfriends and all that, what happens? Then here come Esau <laughs> with them red and blue lights. That's usually what happens. That's usually what happens, brothers and sisters. He comes running to, to be the belt. And then he's justified because we're doing evil most times than not. Not every time, most times than not. When they come up into the hood, brothers and sisters, they have a reason to be there. Can you read that one more time, brother? Because there's something key in that first, uh, that first line. Jeremiah 50 and 7. All that found them have devoured them. All that what? All that found them have devoured them. Found them implies that they have sought to find us. You see that, brothers and sisters? They were looking for us. See, all who come in contact with us view us as prey. See, no protection. We have no protection unless we get with our God. What, what is it saying, brother? All that found them have devoured them. And their adversary said, we offend not because they have sinned against the Lord's. The habitation of justice. Even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. They said we're doing nothing wrong because they went against their God. See, they understand the rules of engagement, brothers and sisters. They cannot engage us physically as long as we're protected by our God. So what did they do? They made a society, you know, that glorifies sin. Understanding that sin affects us different than it affects other people. Other people do deal with all types of sin and just get away with it. They have a long leash. We, our leash is short. As soon as we do something wrong, it's bang, right away. Everyone else is getting, you know, doing all types of crime and getting off. We do half as much and get a longer sentence. And they know this, brothers and sisters. They're using, Satan is using the most high against us. Satan knows the most high has to be just. He has to be righteous. So if he can get us to sin, then he can say, well, listen, God, God's righteousness will not allow him. <laughs> to let these people go unpunished. See, they're on that level. They're playing chess. They're playing chess, brothers and sisters. They know they can't come against us physically. We're too strong. So what do they do? They glorify sin. They use the rap stars, right? To glorify drug abuse, drug use, calling our sisters out of our name. And then they come against us. See this, brothers and sisters? They were looking for us. All that found them have devoured them. You see that, brothers and sisters? Look at Psalms 37 and 32. Take a look at this. Psalms, the 37th chapter and the 32nd verse. Psalms 37 and 32. The wicked watcheth the righteous. And seek it to slay him. What did that say, brother? The wicked watches the the righteous. Why? And seek it to slay him. The enemy closely observes us, seeking opportunity to slay us. See, they know the rules of engagement. We have to be sinning. God's people have to be sinning. So our enemies seek occasion to destroy, and therefore the admonishment for what? Watchfulness. <laughs> See? The, the wicked watcheth the righteous. Why? Because they're looking to destroy us, brothers and sisters. See? 
The psalmist here delivers up the importance of our, our spiritual conditioning, brothers and sisters. They watch us closely. You notice that? Did you notice that, brothers and sisters? And all the sin on the earth have to come through us. This homosexuality thing, what did they do? They, they find black homosexuals, <laughs> right? To push it. All the sin in the earth... It has to come through us because we're the trendsetters. We're God's people. So if you can get God's people to agree with this sin, then you know what? Everyone else is justified because you got the Jews. You got God's people walking around with dresses on. RuPaul, uh, the young brother, you know, that was, I, they said he gave the devil a lap dance. I don't know his name, but it was a brother. This is what they do. You know the brother's name? Lil Nas X. Yeah, Lil Nas X, brothers and sisters. Lil Nas X. See, this is what they do. They used who? They used Barack Obama. <laughs> See, they're like, you know what? We can peddle sin through black people because they're God's chosen. So if God's chosen is okay with it, then you know what? <laughs> See, this is how they push it. When they push abortions, who are they pushing it to? Sisters, Jews, Judeans. See, all the sin, brothers and sisters, when you listen to the music Listen to the music, the soundtrack of our communities, and tell me what that is. Listen to the soundtrack of the white communities. Is there a difference? Are they talking about shooting up and killing and, and, and selling dope? What are they talking about? And guess what? They're making money. They're making money. Country singers, pop singers, and all that. Why do we have to, you know, why do we have to talk about doing evil to each other in order to make money? Because they understand the rules of engagement. They understand it. They understand the power of words. They understand it, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you they watch us carefully, looking to slay us. Take a look at this. Uh, Psalms 119 and 98, brothers and sisters. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Psalms 119, and we'll have Brother Corey read 98. <clears throat> Psalms. 119 and 98. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. You see that, brothers and sisters? The Bible says the commandments will make you wiser than your enemies. See that, brothers and sisters? Because why? Because they know only through our sin can they come against us. So God is saying, listen, I know all of their snares. The way you avoid their snares is follow my commandments. Follow my commandments. Can you read the next scripture, brother? 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. What did he say, brother? I have more understanding than all my teachers. He, brothers and sisters, the Bible. You study the Bible. You let the Holy Spirit to lead you. And guess what? You'll have more understanding than the PhD, the master degree teachers, right? The professors. Those who taught us in school, the school teachers, the pastors, the people who learn, usually most of the people in our church have more understanding than the pastors that, you know, that they grew up under. Why? Because you believe on him as the scripture have said. Verse 98, what did they say, brother? Thou, through thy commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. Look at that. The commandments have made us wiser than our enemies. How do you think we were able to bring out this information today, brothers and sisters? 
about the rules of engagement in the chess game that's going on, the warfare that's going on. How do we know? The Bible. It's the only way, brothers and sisters. It's the only way. Let's go to Zechariah. Old Testament today, brothers and sisters, a lot. Not Zephaniah, but Zechariah. Uh, chapter 12. We'll have Brother Corey read verse 2 and 3. Zechariah 12 and 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When it says I will make Jerusalem, it's the people of Jerusalem, okay? When they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Can you read that one more time, brother? Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. A cup of what, brother? A cup of trembling unto all the people round about. Brothers and sisters, whenever the Most High says he's about to make a cup of something, he's emphasizing a intoxicating effect. So that's what he's talking about there. What did the, what did the second part say, brother? When they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. So the picture is of all the Gentile nations becoming intoxicated and staggering from drunkenness. See this, brothers and sisters? Their equilibrium is getting ready to be off. Their hatred for us is getting ready to blind them to where they start making mistakes. Can you read the next scripture, brother? Verse 3. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Brothers and sisters, verse 2 and 3 contain two metaphors for Jerusalem, an intoxicating cup and a heavy stone. Can you read Zechariah 12 and 2 one more time, brother? Verse 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Take a look at verse 3, brothers and sisters. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. He will make the children of Israel a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Read that part again, please, brother. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. All the people that try to attack us are going to destroy themselves brothers and sisters do you see that all them that all them that burden themselves with us will cut themselves mm. though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it see telling you all the people of the earth will be gathered against us see it's not just the white man see that's disingenuous for you to think that it's just the white man that would be disingenuous. That would be a misconception. Now, the white man is the head, right? Because he's ruling the earth right now. We understand that. I think everyone knows the white man's ruling the earth. But it's not just him. He's just in control. See? According to the author, any attempts against Israel shall be their own ruin, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read three one more time because this text reveals a confederacy, a hidden conspiracy, brothers and sisters. Verse three. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Brothers and sisters, the title of today's lesson 
I declare war. The Most High led us to put this together and bring this forth for our brothers and sisters because our people are operating as if they're not at war. So we had to do what? We have to take the scales off of our brothers and sisters' eyes. It's time to stop playing games, brothers and sisters. It's time to see what's actually going on. Okay? Our people are just living life on a day-to-day basis. They're unaware that there's a bigger plan going on right before your face. The Bible is bringing it out. The Most High put this information in the Bible for you and I, brothers and sisters, to understand we're being attacked. See, they do this in secret because they know if we, if they did it outright, then our people would band together just for self-preservation. So they're like, nah, we need to do it, you know, we need to do it under wraps. The same way the Egyptians did, right? The same way they did it. They didn't just come out right and kill us. They had, you know, they had the the mothers, the, um, what, what are they called? The midwives. The right? midwives. They had the midwives, brothers and sisters, uh, to try to snap the necks of the babies. So they were in secret doing this type of stuff because they fear us, brothers and sisters. See? So now it's time. It's time, brothers and sisters. Let's take a look at Luke 1. Let's go to Luke. Let's go to the New Testament now. Been a lot in the Old Testament. We're at Luke 1 and 68. Luke 1 and 68. We'll have Brother Corey read 68 through 71. Listen to this. Christ. Luke 1 and 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Can you read that again, brother? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Brothers and sisters, this is Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist speaking. He's telling you that Christ have done what? Visited and redeemed his people. Who, who, did he, who did he redeem? His people. See that, brothers and sisters? Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. He didn't come to save all people. You see that, brothers and sisters? (laughs) Now, in order to accurately interpret this prophecy, we need to establish who are his people. See? Because we, the scripture Christians say is John 3.16. God, for God so loved the whole world. He came to redeem his people. Why? Because his people were under the law of sacrifice. His people were the ones being destroyed. See, his people. That doesn't mean other people can't make it to heaven and all that. We're not saying. But we're saying is who Christ came for was us. To redeem his people. To buy back. Redeem means to buy back. See? Sold under sin. Bought back with the blood of the Messiah. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 68, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Look at that. Clearly, Zacharias saw beyond mere personal salvation. He's speaking of what? National, right? He's speaking of a national redemption. You see that, brothers and sisters? What's the next scripture say, brother? Verse 70, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, 
that we should be saved from our enemies. That what? We should be saved from our enemies. Zacharias goes back to focus on the purpose of salvation, to save us from our enemies. That's that's what being saved is, brothers and sisters, according to the Bible. (laughs) Okay? See, you have personal salvation, and then you have what? National salvation. To be saved means what, brother? Verse 71. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of them that hate us. See that? So the purpose of which the, for which the horn of salvation was raised up, that Israel may obtain salvation from their enemies. See, according to the text, when he returns, it'll be with the redemption of Israel in mind. See, brothers and sisters, that we should be saved from our enemies. Those that hate us. So that means there's enemies to God's people. Okay. They, there's some people that hate us. So you can walk around and lollygag if you want to as if nothing is going on. Okay. I know you want to believe there's nothing going on. Why? Because if you believe there was something going on, then you would have to do something. See? So I'd rather ignore it. I'd rather be blind. That way my conscience won't, you know. My conscience won't have me start operating or have to act different or to pay more attention. This is New Testament here. See, we went here because we understood that you're dealing with some Christians who say, well, all that's Old Testament, not according to this text. Can you read 71 one more time, brother? Verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. See, that's why Christ came. Christ came to save us from our enemies. And he's coming back, brothers and sisters. First thing he had to do was redeem us. Blood. To save us from our enemies, that comes the second coming. Go read it again, brothers and sisters. Christ is coming back from war. He's not coming to to pick some people up and, and take them into heaven somewhere. And then come back for a third time. No. Read it again. When Christ comes, it's going to be war. Okay, he's not coming to skip through the meadows with a tulip in his teeth. He's coming for war with a sword of fire that comes out of his mouth. That's what the Bible says. Take a look at Mark 13 and 19. Gospel here, brothers and sisters. Mark, the 13th chapter, the 19th verse. The title of today's lesson is, I Declare War. Mark 13 and 19. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Look at this, brothers and sisters. This will be a horrible instance of distress for the people of Jerusalem. Listen to this again. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 19. For in those days shall be affliction. Affliction. Such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. See, he's saying what's coming, Israel, is like nothing that we've ever seen. Nothing that the earth has ever seen since the time of creation. There's going to be affliction to our people, brothers and sisters. It's coming. What's the next scripture say, brother? Verse 20. And except that the Lord had shortened those days. What did he say? And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, who said? For the elect's sake, 
whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened those days. If he allowed the events that are taking place to continue, everyone would die, brothers and sisters. See? So they would be sufficient to exterminate the very name of the Israelites if it wasn't for the Most High. He said, listen, I'm going to shorten the time, okay? So that means their time is short. That had done what? Satan had ramped it up because he understands that time is short. See, Brother Corey and I came to do what? To blow the alarm. We're watchmen, brothers and sisters. If there's a cliff, <laughs> you know, in front, you know, five feet in front of you, and somebody can see the cliff, what are they supposed to do? Should they say, hold, brother, hold on, hold on, brother, watch out. Or they're going to yell, brother, watch out. We're here to show you the Bible, the scriptures that the Most High have prepared to give us some insight of to, uh, to insight to what the insight of the battle, the invisible war that's going on. Our people are so naive. Our people are so trusting. Let's read those two scriptures one more time. Verse nineteen: For in those days shall be affliction. Such as was not from the beginning of the creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, and, unless he didn't, unless he shortened these times, no flesh should be saved. We all would be dead. But for the elect's sake, for our sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened the days. See that? So he does have a chosen, even in the New Testament. Okay. And he shortened the days for us. The whole entire Bible is about us. Okay. Yeah, there's other nations. But prophecy is, prophecy according to the Bible or in the Bible, according to the prophets, is, is wrapped up around us. The whole Bible is about us. So yes, there's other nations in the Bible, but they're only in the Bible as it pertains to us. God's people. See, and our people are walking around with no clue who they are. Satan would love for you to stay just like that. So would the white man and his education. For you to stay ignorant of who you are, ignorant of who your people are, ignorant of who your God is, ignorant of where your land is. Valley of the dry bones. The Bible is telling you what's coming. It's like something you've it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Wisdom. Let's go to Jeremiah 31 and 37. Because the Bible says. The Bible says that Christ had to or the most high had to shorten the time. In order to protect us. Jeremiah 31 and 37. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Let's show you what level they're on. The enemy is actually on. OK, we want you to examine this and tell us that they're not playing chess. Jeremiah 31 and 37. Thus saith the Lord. Now, brothers and sisters, understand that the Most High God is sovereign until he speaks. See, he can do whatever he wants until thus saith the Lord. Okay. Thus saith the Lord. If heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth search out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. Saith who? Saith the Lord. Brothers and sisters, if we carefully read the text, the purpose behind space exploration is revealed. Can you read that one more time, brother? 
37. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. According to Jeremiah, brothers and sisters, it's only if these things are accomplished will the Most High God reject Israel for all we have done. See? You see that, brothers and sisters? What are they doing in space? Can you read that again, brother? 37. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured... See, if the heavens can be measured, why do you think they're going up there, brothers and sisters? And the foundations of the earth searched out beneath... Why are they drilling into the ground, brothers and sisters? Why are they trying to go to the sea floor? Who's doing that? Why? I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done. Why are they measuring it, brother? I will cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done. See that, brothers and sisters? So they get you not to believe in the Bible, but they believe it. They believe it. They know that God is sovereign until he speaks. If God says, if they measure, if anyone can measure the heavens, I will cast my people off. If somebody can go to the deepest part of the earth, I will cast my people off. God will do it unless you're trying to call him a liar. And see, they know that. They're trying to use God's righteousness, his truthfulness against us, brothers and sisters. What do you think they're doing, you know, going up to the moon and all that? What do you think they're dealing with? with uh, what is it? SpaceX. Space exploration. What do you think they're doing? They're playing chess. Brothers and sisters, they're playing chess. They know they can't come against us unless we're in sin. See? So what do they do? They're trying to shoot us up with vaccinations, kill us off, right? Put the guns in the hood, kill us off, right? See, brothers and sisters? They're going, they're, they have four, five, six, seven, eight different plans all working at one time to destroy us. They say, listen, the vaccines aren't working fast enough. They're not shooting enough Negroes in the hood. Okay? The education is not enough. See this, brothers and sisters? And if you can't tell us why they're in space, then you just need to back on up and listen to what the Bible says. Because unless you can tell us what they're doing in space, why they're going up there, unless you can tell us why they're drilling into the ground, and unless you can tell us why they're trying to measure to the sea floor. Then you have to acknowledge what God is saying. That they're looking to destroy us. See? Let's go to Isaiah 14. Let's show you that this was demonic. This was a demonic plan. Let us show you. Let's go to Isaiah 14 and 12. We'll have Brother Corey read 12 through 14. Isaiah 14 and 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? O who? O Lucifer. Here we get the motivation of Lucifer's rebellion, brothers and sisters. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which, thou, which, did, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. What did he say, brother? I will ascend into heaven. What did he say? I will ascend into heaven. I'm going into the heavenly realm. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'm going to put my throne up there with the fathers. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Why? I will be like the most high. What are they doing up in space according to the scripture, brothers and sisters? See? <laughs> NASA is of the devil, brothers and sisters. Satan promised that he would go back into the heavenly realm. He would put his throne in the sky. He would be like the most high. Do you see that? That's what NASA was doing. That's what uh, America in, in Russia was doing. The eagle has landed. What do you think they were doing? The Bible tells you. This is why the Bible makes you smarter than your enemies. This is why the Bible makes you smarter than your teachers. Because they have no clue why they went up into the, into the heavens. They have no clue what they're doing up in space. See? They're being controlled by Satan. They're being controlled by Satan. Now I want you to take a look at that. Because in the following verses, we get the phrase... I will five times, five times. We're going to have Brother Corey read that again. Verse uh, 13, yeah. Verse 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. One. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Two. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the north. Three. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Four. I will be like the most high. Pride, brothers and sisters. You see that? I, 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 I. Pride. This is what they're doing in the heavens. This is what the space exploration was about. It's of the devil, brothers and sisters. There's a reason why there's no air out there. <laughs> okay? If there's no air there, it's probably not made for man. The heavens is for the most high. Lucifer said, I'm going back. I'm going back. And this is why they're trying to build uh, hotels, sky hotel, all this garbage. All this garbage. This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. This was a plan from Satan. They're playing chess. It's about time we do the same, brothers and sisters. It's about time we do the same. Brother Corey and I the, the spirit was put on Brother Corey and I to put this information out there for our people. Okay? It's time. Let's go to Luke 11, brothers and sisters. New Testament. We're going to Luke, the 11th chapter, the 17th and the 18th verses. Take a look at this, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Luke 11 and 17. But he... Knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against the house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. Brothers and sisters, you see that? There are two things we learn in these scriptures, Right? The first thing is the text highlights the power that division possesses. So we need to first look at that. The second thing is Christ revealed that Satan indeed has an unseen kingdom. Let's go into those two scriptures again. Maybe you missed it. 17. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. 
And a house divided against a house falling. Look at that. That's the first thing we learn. Division. See, Julius Caesar said divide and conquer. Brothers and sisters, if they can divide us among sexuality, if they can divide us amongst religion, if they can divide us, then they, they've already won. Our people have to come together. Not under being black. We can't come together under that. We have to come together under this book, brothers and sisters. We have to come together under our God. See, the first thing we learn in this text is that if they divide us, they destroy us. Look at verse 18 to find out the second thing we learn. If Satan also be divided against himself, what happens? How shall his kingdom stand? So he has a kingdom. You see that, brothers and sisters? The fact that Satan has a kingdom can be seen in that follow, in that statement by Christ, brothers and sisters. He tells us that Satan's kingdom is monolithic, heightening our need for unity. Can you read 18 again, brother? Verse 18. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? See that? If Satan be divided against himself, how shall their kingdom stand? Now, guess what? Satan understands the power of division. So you can guarantee that he's not going to be divided, brothers and sisters. See that? According to the text, not only does Satan's kingdom still stand, but it's a highly organized kingdom. In order to fight this, we're going to have to get organized. Okay? We're going to have to get organized. We're going to have to come together under God. Against, uh, we're going to have to come together under the Bible. Because why? There's an unseen kingdom. Satan has a kingdom and he's using who? He's using the European or the, the Roman government against us. That's why they're in this, that's why they're in space. See? And here it was, you thought government was for you. The same government that knocked you upside your head and put you on a boat and took you to another land to serve. That same government. See? It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up to what's actually going on before it's too late, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Colossians. New Testament, we'll stay there. We'll stay there, brothers and sisters. Colossians chapter 1, we'll have Brother Corey read 12 through 14. Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Brothers and sisters, notice that there are two kingdoms. You see that? Examine the contrasting themes of light and darkness. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, in light, who had delivered us from the power of darkness. Look at that. <laughs> he said, partakers of the inheritance in light, right? And then 13 says what, brother? Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Look at that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. That's why he said, partakers of the inheritance in light. <laughs> That's how we were delivered from the power of darkness, brothers and sisters. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And whom we have redemption through his blood. Through what, brother? Through his blood, 
even the forgiveness of sin. The text highlights the redemptive power of the blood, brothers and sisters. See, there's the two kingdoms. There's only two. See, the Most High's kingdom, Satan's kingdom. See, a lot of us didn't know. We all knew that the Most High had a kingdom, but we didn't know Satan had one. See, that's how he continues to rule. He continues to rule through your ignorance. See? He would rather you believe he doesn't exist, brothers and sisters. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to turn the light on, brothers and sisters. We're going to use the Bible to turn the light on. Ephesians 2 verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world. Brothers and sisters, the text opens with the kaleidoscope depiction of our former reality. What did he say, brother? And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Quicken is made alive. Who were dead in sin, showing you that in sin you're dead. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see that, brothers and sisters, a state of sin is a state of conformity to this world. What did two say again, brother? Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the course of this world. That is sin, brothers and sisters. According to the prince of the power of the air, mm. the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh. Brothers and sisters, according to Paul, there are three enemies. There's three primary enemies to our souls. Number one, the outer enemy, which according to verse two is the world. And then you have the supernatural enemy, which is who? Satan, and then the inner foe, which is the flesh. These are the three that you must conquer. These are the three that you're fighting simultaneously. Can you read two one more time, brother? Verse two, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. That's the first enemy. According to the prince of the power of the air. That's the second enemy, the power of the air. Brothers and sisters, the air refers to the invisible realm above the earth. Where Satan and his demons are able to freely operate, okay? That's what it, what it means when it says prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. See, that's the last enemy, the lust of the flesh. So it starts with having to overcome the love of this world. And then who's controlling a lot of, you know, a lot of advertisement in the music and the curriculum at schools. Who's controlling it? The prince of the power of the air, right? And then the final one, the final boss is your flesh. The lust of the flesh. You see, brothers and sisters, these are three enemies. These are your three primary enemies of your soul. See? So it's not just the white man. There's a lot more going on. That's not just the white man. Okay, brothers and sisters. So those are who learn with us understand we don't we don't we're not going to make our whole lesson on the white man. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to use the Bible to find out how we beat all men. He said, listen, 
you get in subjection, you're old man. If you get your old man in subjection, I'll put you over all men. So we need to do that, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 4. Let's go to Matthew 4. Because why? We just saw that according to the text, Satan's headquarters was where? In the air. It was in the air, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove that. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Matthew, the fourth chapter, because why? We needed to prove to you that Satan's headquarters is in the air. Okay? That's what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse, um, verse 2, where it said, Where in times past you walked according to the, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Let us show you what that means. What does the prince of the power of the air actually mean? Let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter, the fifth verse. We'll read uh, five through ten. Matthew four, verse five. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. Now here it is. He's taking him up and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning him, concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Christ said unto him, What did he say? It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So look at this. Christ used scripture. See, this is the importance. Of having your scripture, of reading your word, of getting your precept book together. Because guess what? It didn't take much. He was tempted. Christ hit him with one scripture. And he moved on. So he didn't have to go into 50 scriptures to battle. He went into one scripture of peace per temptation. And it worked. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 7. Verse 7. Christ said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain. Look at this. The high mountain, brothers and sisters. See this? The prince of the power of the air. Brothers and sisters, when you read about worship in the mountains, it refers to idolatry in the mountains. We'll go to a few scriptures to show you when it talks about high mountains. It's referring to idolatry, okay? Can you read 8, brother, please? Verse 8. Again. The devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship. Now there's a couple of things, brothers and sisters. Read verse 8 one more time, brother. Examine this closely, please. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. How many of the kingdoms? All the kingdoms of the world. And the glory of them. He showed Christ all kingdoms. And then what? And said unto him. All these things will I give thee. If thou wilt fall down and worship me. And did Christ say. No you, you don't have power over these kingdoms. What did Christ say? Then said Christ unto him. Get thee hence Satan. For it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shall thou serve. Now there's a couple of things, brothers and sisters. Anything you serve, you will worship. Okay? Worship and service goes together. Okay, brothers and sisters? 
So anything you serve, you will worship. You cannot serve God and mammon, right? So that's first thing. The Bible tells you, Christ tells you, it's only two gods. <laughs> it's only two, okay? And here it was, Christ didn't, he didn't challenge Satan and say, well, nah, you don't have control of these kingdoms. Because why? Satan was telling the truth. Satan was telling the truth. Now, guess what, brothers and sisters? Christ denied this, but somebody took it. See that? Somebody took this offer. Who was it? See? The Romans. The Europeans. They took this. Satan rejected this offer. But the people whose face is on the money, they took it. See? Jewish people. The people who are claiming to be our people. The people who are in the land. The, the Wisemans, the Bolenbergs, the, all those guys. See? They actually took this. They said, well, listen, we'll worship you. <laughs> we'll worship you and we'll go against these God's people for you. We wanted to show you what? A couple of things. We wanted to show you that Satan has control over all the kingdoms of the earth, not just the white man. The most important part is that how he took him up into an exceeding high mountain. Remember, he is the prince of the power of the air. The air, brothers and sisters. Not, not all the way to the heavenly realm. There's a space between earth and the heavens of the most high. And that is, the, that is where he operates at, brothers and sisters. That is where he operates. Okay. Let us show you something. Let's go to Numbers 33 and 52, and then Leviticus 26 and 30. I want you to examine the verbiage here. Examine the verbiage here, brothers and sisters. Numbers, the 33rd chapter, the 52nd verse. Numbers 33 and 52. Then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures. And destroy all their molten images and quite pluck up or pluck down all their high places. All their what? All their high places. All their what, brother? All their high places. The high places. Brothers and sisters, when it talks about high places, it's talking about idolatry. Okay? Why? Because Satan has what? He's the, he's the prince of the power of the air. So there's a certain area in which is under his domain, brothers and sisters. Okay? Take a look at Leviticus 26 and 30. Because a lot of our people have just read this carelessly and not understood what it meant. So we're going to help you out, brothers and sisters. Leviticus 26 and 30. Leviticus 26 and 30. And I will destroy your high places. I will do what? Destroy your high places, high places, and cut down your molten images or your images, and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols. Of your what, brother? Upon the carcasses of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. Look at that. There goes high places again. See when it talks about, you know, mountain uh, being up in the mountains in high places is referencing idolatry, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. There's a certain space in between the heavenly realm 
in the earthly realm in which Satan controls. Right? It's where the radio waves go through the frequencies. See, he knows about frequencies and all that. See, brothers and sisters, so right now we had the first what? Identify his kingdom. Identify that he has a kingdom first. And then we have to show you where it is. So the first thing we need to do is prove that Christ said he has a kingdom. And now we're going to the Bible to show you where his kingdom is. Let's go to Isaiah 16 and 12, brothers and sisters. We just want to make sure you understand. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, let all things be established. Isaiah 16 and 12. And it shall come to pass. When it is seen that Moab is weary on the high place. On the what? On the high place. Now, Moab is who? Palestinians, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? And it shall come to pass. When it is seen that Moab is weary on the high place. High place, idolatry, worshiping Satan. That he shall come to his sanctuary to pray. But he shall not prevail. Now you understand why it's saying high places, brothers and sisters. Because it's referencing to what? High mountains. This is where Satan has control. See? Now, why does Satan have control of the air? Hmm? Let us show you. Let the Bible show you. Let's go to Genesis 1 and 26. Why does Satan, why is he called the prince of the power of the air? Why is he controlling airspace? Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. In our image. After our likeness. And do what? And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over, ev and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. And over all the what, brother? And over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. The legal authority to dominate the earth was given to mankind only. Brothers and sisters. When you take a look at this closely, the Most High didn't include himself in the legal authority structure over the earth. He gave it to who? Can you read that again, brother? 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Let who? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Mankind became the legal steward of the earth domain, brothers and sisters. So this is key. The Most High gave the power to man, right? Man is what? A dirt body with a spirit. See? So what is this telling us? This is telling us that any spirit without a body is illegal on earth. He gave the authority to man. See, brothers and sisters? Do you see that, brothers and sisters? Bo the body was made from what? The dirt. The spirit came from the most high. So you would have to have both. You need to have a body. Why? Because the body came from the earth. And you would need a spirit in the body in order to have dominion on the earth. See, now you understand why Satan can't operate on earth without a body. See, any interference from the supernatural realm on earth 
is only legal through what? Mankind. He gave man dominion over the earth. What is man? Male and female. A dirt body with a spirit. So the Most High defined the boundaries of his right to legally interfere with the earthly realm. See? So even the Most High won't interfere without what? <laughs> without a man. Satan understands this also. Why do you think he, why do you think he, 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 um, he coerced a serpent? <laughs> See? Because he knew. He knew. The only way he could operate is through a body. He coerced a serpent to allow him in. A snake. See? You see that, brothers and sisters? Why do you think demons are always trying to possess a person? Because they understand in order to get anything done, in order to have any level of authority, you must have a body. You must have a body. Now we're understanding why his kingdom is in the air. Because on earth, that's already given to man. Let's go to Psalms 115 and 16, brothers and sisters. Let's, let's, let's break this down here. Psalms uh, chapter 115 and 16. <clears throat> Psalms 115 and 16. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. They are whose? Are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. Brothers and sisters, the Most High, who is a spirit without a body, made himself subject to this law. Can you read that one more time, brother? The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. The heavens are the Most High's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. See that? The illegal authority to dominate the earth was given to who? The children of men. See, God put that out there. And God would not break his own rules. So Satan understands this. He knows the Bible. So what did he do? He couldn't set his kingdom up in the heavens because that's where the most high is. He couldn't set his kingdom up on the earth because that's man's. So he set his kingdom up right above the earth. So what are we seeing? We're seeing that nothing on earth can happen without the cooperation of man. See, this is the power of prayer. See, this is the power of prayer because God can't, he can't legally do anything without what? Without a man or woman. See, all the things he did in the Bible, he used a man to do so. Why? Because he gave man the authority on the earth. See that, brothers and sisters? Satan knows this. Satan knows this, brothers and sisters. Take a look at Matthew 12 and 29. Let's go to the gospel. Matthew, the, the 12th chapter. We'll have Brother Corey read the 29th verse. Matthew 12 and 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? Look at this, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Because it's just like if somebody was to rob a house, they would want to know where the man is first. Wherever the strong, the, wherever my opposition is, 
let's get him first. Because once we have him down, once we bind him, then the whole house, we can ransack. Children, women, doesn't matter. As long as we get the man down. See, so if somebody was going to break into a house, they would want to know where the man is. And they're going to get him first. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? How can you spoil his goods? How can you come into his house and spoil his goods? Except he first bind the strong man. And then he will spoil his house. You can't bind the strong man until you identify the strong man. So what is this? The strong man is Satan. What is his goods? You. Right? In bondage. See that? Ye were dead in trespasses. How can we come into Satan's kingdom, into his house, and take back souls, brothers and sisters? How can we do this? We first have to identify the strong man, first of all. Okay? We know where his kingdom is, but let us identify him again. Who is the strong man? There's different strong men depending on who you're speaking of. Let's take a look at Ezekiel 28. Let us show you this, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel 28 and 1. Let's deal with the strong man. We'll read uh, verse 1 and 2. Then we'll jump to verse 12 through 15, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Ezekiel 28 and 1. Ezekiel 28 and 1. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel 28 has two, two sections. The first is on the prince of Tyre, right? The second is on the king of Tyre. Brothers and sisters, the king of Tyre was not a human being, but the prince is. Let's take a look at it again. Verse 2. Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God. Look at the, when the Mosah start referring to himself in a third person like that, you're in, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, Tyrus. See? Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Though you set your heart as the heart of God. He said, you're not God, and I'm going to prove that to you. You got too big for your britches. Jump to verse 12. Because first, this is the prince of Tyrus, right? Let's jump to verse 12 through 15. Verse 12. Son of man, take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now you're talking to the king of Tyrus. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Now, how do we know the king of Tyrus is not a man? How do we know this? The prince of Tyrus was a man, okay? But the king of Tyrus is Satan. Let's prove that. Can you read 12 again, brother? Verse 12. Son of man, take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Now, how do we know this is not a man? 
verse 13. Thou has been in Eden, the garden of God. Hold on. Thou has been in Eden, the garden of God. Now hold on. The king of Tyrus has been in Eden, in the garden of God. Now I could assure you there was no man, <laughs> okay, living during this time in Ezekiel that was in the garden of Eden. See, he's speaking to who? Satan. See that? So now you, here we have an interesting picture of how Satan kingdom operate. We have a human ruler, the prince of Tyre, but behind him in the unseen realm is the satanic ruler, the king of Tyre. You see that, brothers and sisters? This is how it works. Satan is behind him, giving him the power, giving him the knowledge. See? You had the prince of Tyrus in verse 2, and now you have the king of Tyrus, which was not human. Can you read 13 again, brother? 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Look at that. See, that's how the, in the day that thou was created. He said you was created, Satan. So let's put that out there. <laughs> See how the Most High just took that jab right there? All that was prepared in you when I created you. Okay? 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Covereth I, what? Excuse me. Covereth what? The mercy seat. And I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. See, there goes the mountain. See, this is where he got it from, brothers and sisters. This is where Satan got it from. Thou has walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. He was in the midst of the stones of fire. This was not a man, okay? 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. From the day what? That thou was created. Don't forget you were created, Lucifer. Till iniquity was found in thee. See? So you had the prince of Tyre, which was a man, in Ezekiel 28 and 2. And then you had what? The king of Tyre, which was Satan, a satanic demonic ruler who was doing what? Who was controlling this man, who was telling him what to do. This is, see, this is how government works, brothers and sisters. They sit around these tables at the Pentagon and they get information from demons. Okay, well, this is this is how you create this weapon. This is how you deal with this psychology. This is how you deal with uh, this vaccination. See, this is not coming from the mind of a man. How much rocket fuel <laughs> goes into a rocket to get into the heavenly realm? How would a man know that? How would a man know how much rocket fuel to get to the to the moon? See, you see this, brothers and sisters. Remember in Egypt. When the blood, when, when the waters turned to blood, what did they do? What happened? Who did they call? They called the magicians. See? They called the magicians. Every, every empire, brothers and sisters, dealt with necromancers and magicians and sorcerers. So does the Roman Empire, brothers and sisters. See, this is how his kingdom works. You have a man, a puppet, and then you have a demon Controlling that man. Let's go to Ephesians 6 and 12, brothers and sisters. 
Let's go to Ephesians, the 6th chapter, the 12th through the 14th verse. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Where? In high places. Where was that, brother? Spiritual wickedness in high places. You see that, brothers and sisters? According to this particular text, our wrestling match is not against persons with bodies. So let's establish that first. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities is what? That means kingdoms, right? So that means jurisdictions of evil within specific kingdoms exist. That's what principalities is, brothers and sisters, right? Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Look at that. Remember, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Remember that? And he's, he's assisted by what? Legions of wicked spirits. See? You see that? He said against powers, against rulers of the darkness. See? Do you see that, brothers and sisters? This is how it's set up. <laughs> it's highly organized. It's highly organized. There's rulers. There's powers. There's principalities, which are kingdoms. You see that, brothers and sisters? This is how it is. Examine that closely, brothers and sisters. Examine that closely. Because why? If Satan is divided, his kingdom fall. We're showing you that he's not divided at all. He's highly organized. Now, he gets no credit for that. Why? Because he was in the heavenly realm. So he, he emulated what he saw. See, while he was there, everything he saw, <laughs> while he was in God's army, he set up in his own. See? So he's not just so smart. See? He copied everything. He emulated. He's not an originator. He doesn't originate anything. He's a copier. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, immediately after identifying Satan's kingdoms in the heaven, what happens? Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. See that? Right after he identifies Satan's kingdom, he says what, brother? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Paul admonishes us to put on our armor or become a casualty, brothers and sisters. See, your ability to stand in the evil day will be determined by your armor or lack thereof. Can you read that one more time, brother? 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand. See, if you don't take that armor, you won't stand. In the evil day. See? And having done all to stand. See, so first thing Paul did was identify where the wickedness was at in high places. And he said, in order to deal with this, you have to put on the armor. You have to put your armor on because if you don't put this armor on, you're going to be you're going to become a casualty. See, this is what Paul was breaking down here, brothers and sisters. It's war outside, brothers and sisters. 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians, New Testament. Let's stick with Paul. 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. What's that saying, brother? I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of body I cannot tell. God knoweth, such an one caught up into the third heaven. Now, brothers and sisters, Paul describes a time when he was caught up to the third heaven. Do you see that? Notice, notice how he mentions himself in the third person. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 2. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. <clears throat> Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Now look at that, brothers and sisters. In order for there to be a third heaven, there must be a first two heavens. Do you understand? First heaven is where? On the earthly plan, uh, the earthly realm. And then you have the second heaven. That's in between. Satan has control over the second heaven, brothers and sisters. See? The first plane belonged to man. The second heaven in between man's dominion and God's dominion is where Satan rules. See, he understands frequency. He understands radio waves, brothers and sisters. He understands this. That's his area. That is his area. So the text proves that there's more than one heaven, right? Paul is breaking it down here. We need to put that out there first. Let's go to Genesis 2. Let's prove this. There's more than one heaven. Let's go there. Let's go to Genesis 2 and 1. Genesis 2 verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Spell heavens, brother. H-E-A-V-E-N-S. See, plural, brothers and sisters. See, the heavens and the earth were finished. What's the verse 2 say, brother? Verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. We just wanted to put that out there. The seventh day is the Sabbath, brothers and sisters. The seventh day is Saturday, brothers and sisters. But we wanted to go here to show you from the first, the first book of the Bible, it was telling you that there was multiple heavens. Okay, that term would not be plural if there was only one. See, so you have the first heaven, which is where man is. Then you have the second heaven. That's where Satan controls. And then the third heaven, which is belongs to the Most High. Let's go back to Genesis 1.26 now. Now that we understand there's multiple heavens, right? Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Everything on the earth. See? So Satan understands, I have to, if I'm going to set my kingdom up, it obviously can't be in the third heaven, and it can't be on earth. Where can I put my kingdom at? In the air. The prince of the power of the air, brothers and sisters. See this? Satan is not a fool by any stretch of the imagination, brothers and sisters. 
Let's go to Mark 16 now. Let's go to Mark 16. It's a war outside, brothers and sisters. We're at Mark 16. We'll have Brother Corey read 15 through 17. I need you to examine the wording of this command. Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Listen. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall what? They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Brothers and sisters, listen to verse 17 again. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now look at this. This is what shall follow those who believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall cast out devils. See, to cast out is referring to demons who are attached to people. It didn't say to cast down. It said to cast out. Why? Because the only demons on earth will be attached to people. Do you see that, brothers and sisters? <laughs> because they can't. If they're not on a body. <laughs> They can't be on earth. They understood this. Christ understood this. Brothers and sisters, a demon is only legal on earth if it's bound to a body. You see that? Can you read 17 one more time, brother? Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. See? Now that's key because if it's cast out, it can't legally remain on earth. <laughs> it must go to the second heaven. You see that, brothers and sisters? If it's cast out, it, it can't be on earth. See, this is what Christ was saying. Why didn't he say cast down demons? He said cast out devils. Because why? Any devil you come in contact with will be in a body. Because it's the only way you can come in contact with him. So Christ was breaking it down here, brothers and sisters. See, now, now you start to see the war. Now you start to see Ephesians 6. Spiritual wickedness in high places. See, we had to cut the light on first, brothers and sisters. Because you can't fight what you don't see. The only way you can see this is through your spiritual eyes. See? The Bible is revealing Satan's kingdom. A lot of us didn't even know Satan had a kingdom, brothers and sisters. The Bible... Is showing us the real enemy. See, you're looking at the white man, but it's something greater than that. It's something behind the white man. See, you have to bind the strong man first. That's why Christ came. <laughs> Christ bound the strong man. See, take a look at this. Let's go to Daniel 10. Go to Daniel, brothers and sisters. It proved to you that second heaven. That idea, that ideology is all throughout the Bible. We're going to Daniel, the 10th chapter. The first, we're going to read number one, excuse me, uh, verse one and verse two, just for context. And then we'll jump to verse 12 through 14. So here it is. Follow us to Daniel 2, excuse me, 10 and 1. Daniel 10, verse 1. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar, 
and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. Now what? This is during the Persian Empire. Who are the Persians? Persians today would be uh, named Iran, brothers and sisters. So this is when we serve the Iranians, see, the Persians. Okay, so it wasn't just the white man that we served. We served the Persians or the Iranians. This was during the time of Daniel. He's telling you what? There was a, uh, we'll let Brother Corey read that one more time. Verse one, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel. A thing revealed. Whose name was Belteshazzar. So it's telling you that what? They changed Daniel's name, brothers and sisters. When you look at all the captivities in the Bible, each time they changed our name. Because why? They needed to separate us from our name. See, your, your name's Toby. You're not an Israelite. Your name's, you're African American. See? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's real names were not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Brothers and sisters, read the story again. <laughs> okay? Remember, they changed Joseph's name in Egypt. So that's key. When you make a people serve you in order to take their identity away, you change their names. See? So they can't look back to their culture. That's a part of that's part of colonialism 101. See? That's colonialism 101 to change the name. You're not an Israelite. You're black. Okay? You're you're Toby. Okay? So they're changing Daniel's name. Jump to verse uh, 12, uh, actually 11. Verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Now, brothers and sisters, what's going on? Daniel has been praying for weeks for an answer to the, from the Most High. He's asking the Most High, how long are our people going to be in captivity? Now, he didn't get an answer for three weeks, brothers and sisters. He started to pray. He started to fast. All of this he was doing, but he didn't get an answer. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. This is an angel. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God. To chasten thyself is to fast. Thy words were heard. From the first day your words were heard, Daniel. I heard you from day one. And I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia. But who? The prince of the kingdom of Persia. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. This prince is not a man, brothers and sisters. Okay? This is a demon over the Persian empire. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. See? This, this, this pr prince or demon withstood me. So the opposition he encountered was not from human beings. No human can withstand an angel like that. See, this is an angel he's speaking to, <laughs> brothers and sisters, okay? What did the angel say? 
But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief or chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Brothers and sisters, Michael, when, when you see Michael in scriptures, you see war. Michael was commander of the military. Lucifer was commander of fine arts, brothers and sisters. He was over the culture, the music. And then you had Gabriel, who is what? Gabriel is over communications. See, these were the archangels. So anytime you see Michael in the Bible, Michael don't come to talk. Michael don't come to pass messages. Michael come for war. So here it was, Gabriel could not get a message to Daniel. Why? Because what was going on in between God's realm and our realm was the prince of Persia. See that? So as the prayer was coming back, Gabriel is fighting. And guess what? Gabriel's not a fighter. Gabriel can't fight. See? So Michael had to come. Michael had to come. See? So as the prayer is coming down to Daniel, Daniel thinks he's getting no prayers. He's not getting answered. The kingdom or the prince of Persia is stopping this angel from bringing this message to Daniel. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. One and twenty days. See, three weeks. Jump to verse two, brother, because I want you guys to see. Verse two. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. This is where you get the Daniel fast, right? He was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all. He didn't put on any ointment. Till three full weeks were fulfilled. See that? He was dealing with the fast. It's not that he didn't eat anything, but he didn't eat anything pleasant. Brothers and sisters, so things that he actually liked, he didn't. He just ate enough to, to stay living. So this he did for three weeks in his prayer. Now let's jump back down to 13 because it says that he did this for three weeks. Why did he do this for three weeks? Why did he do this for three weeks? Read verse 12, brother, please. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel. Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou set thine heart to understand... And to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. I came for your words. I'm bringing the message. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in twenty days. Look at that, brothers and sisters. This was in some area between the heaven of God and earth. Do you see that? The angel had to break through Satan's kingdom to arrive with the message that God had sent him with. See? But the prince of Persia. See, but the prince of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. See, these were angelic beings, brothers and sisters, satanic angels who did their best to oppose Gabriel from delivering the message to Daniel. You see that, brothers and sisters, the prince of Persia is a deity giving custody over Persia. So each of the other nations, the races of people, have an angel over them, a fallen angel over them. This is actually in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Every race of people out there has a fallen angel over them. Where do you think Buddha come from? Where do you think Allah come from? Where do you think Hinduism come from? Why are all these people worshiping 
other religions because they're worshiping the angels that are over them, the fallen angels. Israelites are the only one. Israelites are the only one not under fallen angels, under directly under the Most High God. Directly under the Most High God, getting information from the Most High God, as these other races of people are getting information from fallen demons. Fallen angels that have become demons. See, a lot of people didn't understand this in Daniel 10. Didn't really understand what was going on. Now we get it. Satan controls an area in the sky. See, and now when you when you think about what they call the rapture, which is not the rapture, but when Christ comes back and we'll meet him in the air and be changed. Now it all makes sense. That's when Christ has taken over Satan's domain. We'll be called up into the air in his domain and changed in front of his face. Do you see this, brothers and sisters? The prince of the kingdom of Persia. Remember, king of Tyrus, prince of Tyrus. See? That's why we went there first, so you can see this. Can you read that one more time, brother? 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. What shall what, brother? What shall befall thy people in the latter days? For yet the vision is for many days. See, so we've already discussed that the prince of Persia was a deity given custody over Persia or the Iranians, right? The prince of Persia was what? It was a demonic spirit that ruled over the Persians, brothers and sisters. And what you'll find out is that every nation has a patron, a divine patron. Every nation outside of the children of Israel. See, what was Daniel praying for? He wanted to know how long we were going to serve other nations. Brothers and sisters, this is how long we've been serving. Since the times of Daniel. And guess what? Those people weren't white. Go look at what people from Iran look like. Those people are brown. See, so it's disingenuous to make it seem as if we've only served white people. No. No. They're all against us. They're all against our God. Do you see that, brothers and sisters? Jump down to verse 20 and 21. Because why? We made a blanket statement. We said that all nations or nationalities or races of people had a divine patron, had a deity over them. Right? Let's prove that. Daniel 10, verse 20. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight the prince of Persia. Now I'll return to fight the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Look at that. You see that, brothers and sisters? From this passage, we're informed that there's also an angel over Greece. Can you read that again? Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. The prince of Grecia shall come. So brothers and sisters, spirit beings exercising authority over the nations they have been given to rule. That's what this is. See, that's what Ephesians 6 was talking about. 
principalities, kingdoms in the air. Each nationality or nation of people has a demonic ruler over them. The prince of Persia and the prince of Grecia were defending powers of Israel's enemies in their battles. So when they went to war, that would be angel against angel, brothers and sisters. See, and why did it say Greece was coming next? Because after the Persians, we served the Grecians. We served the Greeks. We went from the Babylonians to the Persians, from the Persians to the Greeks, from the Greeks to the Romans. And we're still under Rome right now. You see that, brothers and sisters? When the angels wore the nation's war. While that nation is in power, their angel is in power and vice versa. So right now, Esau's angel is in power, brothers and sisters. Okay? The Romans' demon, their deity is in power right now. See, this is all in the Bible. Satan controls a realm between the heavens and the earth. Let's go to Jubilees, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Jubilees. The book of Jubilees, chapter 15, verse 31. We're almost done here. Follow us. Jubilees, 15 and 31. And he sanctified it and gathered it from amongst all the children of men. For there are many nations and many peoples, and all are his. And over all hath he placed spirits and authority to lead them astray from him. And over all what, brother? And over all hath he placed spirits and authority to lead them astray from him. Now, brothers and sisters, he didn't place them over them to lead them astray. He placed them over him, over them, and they have led them astray. Okay? Because the people started to worship these angels. And the angels, which are not supposed to accept worship, started to do so. So what we see is the Most High assigned what? He assigned angels with stipulated dominion over who? The Gentiles. Look at verse 32, brothers and sisters. 32. But over Israel, he did not appoint any angel or spirit. For he alone is their ruler. And he will preserve them and require them at the hand of his angels and his spirits. And at the hand of all his powers in order that he may preserve them and bless them. And that he may be, and that they may be his, his, and he may be theirs from henceforth forever. See, the angels are assigned to rule over nations, but no angels was assigned to rule over Israel. See, because the Most High has a direct connection to the nation of Israel. See, that's written in, in Jubilees, brothers and sisters. See. All the other races of people have a God over them, a lowercase g over them. The Bible speaks about that. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha. Further proof. Let's go to the book of Sirach or Ecclesiasticus. Chapter 17, verse 17. Take a look. Ecclesiasticus 17 and 17. For in the division of the nations of the whole earth. Nations is nationality. He set a ruler over every people. He did what, brother? He set a ruler over every people. But Israel is the Lord's portion. According to the text, each nation on earth has a demonic ruler. Brothers and sisters. 
and Satan's purpose in each nation are carried out by his legion of fallen angels. See? Can you read that one more time, brother? 17. For in the division of the nations of the whole earth, he set a ruler over every people. But Israel is the Lord's portion. So these angels play a prominent role in the misbehaviors of these nations, brothers and sisters. Sirach understood the disinheritance of the nations and the allotment of other gods. See? For the division of the nations, the Bible tells you he put a ruler over all people. But Israel is God's portion. See, and this is why the Most High was so angry with us. See, this is why. Because he put fallen he put angels over everybody else except us. And yet we're trying to serve these angels. We're trying to serve other nations. We're trying to copy other nations. Let us show you. Let's go to Ezra, second Ezra, that is, in the Apocrypha. Follow us to second Ezra, brothers and sisters, 11 and 1. We're going to have Brother Corey read verse 1 and 2. And then we'll jump down to verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> Second Esdras 11 verse 1. Then saw I, saw I a dream. And behold, there came up from the sea an eagle. An eagle. That eagle represents the Europeans or the Edomites. The American eagle. The Russian eagle. The Roman eagle. They always use that moniker. Brothers and sisters, go look at America's eagle. Look on the post office truck, right? The Russians use that eagle, right? The Romans use that eagle. That's how you identify Esau or the Edomites or the white man. Then saw I a dream. And behold, there came up from the sea an eagle, which had 12 feathered wings. 12 feathered wings. And three heads. Now, brothers and sisters, those 12 feathered ring, wings represent the 12 Caesars. You can look this up, brothers and sisters. There was 12 Caesars. These are the, this is what the eagle with the 12 feathered wings is. You had Julius Caesar. You had Augustus Caesar. You had Tiberius Caesar. You had Caligula Caesar. You had Claudius Caesar. You had Nero Caesar. You had Galba, Caesar. You had Otho, Caesar. You had Vitellius, Caesar. You had Vespasian, Caesar. You had Titus, Caesar, and Domitian, Caesar. See, this is what Ezra was seeing here, brothers and sisters. He said he saw an eagle, which represents Esau, or the Edomites, or the Romans, which had 12 feathered wings. And then it says three heads. What is this talking about? Brothers and sisters, there's three components of this empire that gave them preeminence, right? Their financial sector, who controls the stock market. Hmm? Their military power, who controls the greatest military since the time of antiquity. And their religious infrastructure, who controls the most powerful religious institutions in the earth. Hmm? The Catholics, the Romans. See, this is how they controlled it. Through these three sectors or these three sections, these three components. See, they didn't just come with military. They came with religion. They came with finances. This is how they did it. 
Can you read verse 2, brother? Verse 2. And I saw, and behold, she spread her wings over all the earth, and all the winds of the air blew on her, and were gathered together. They control the entire earth. Where do they not have a base at? Pull it up. Where do they not have a base at? Hmm? Jump to verse 5, brothers and sisters. Verse 5 and 6. Verse 5. Moreover, I beheld, and lo, the eagle flew with her feathers and rained upon earth. Rained upon the earth. And over them that dwelt therein. And I saw that all things under heaven were subject unto her. All people were subject unto Rome or the white man. And no man spake against her. Look at that. They're scared. See these other races? They don't like the white man. They fear the white man. Because why? The white man know war like no other. You see that? Rome know war like no other. When you go back to look at Jacob and Esau, when Isaac blessed Esau, he gave him a blessing of what? That he would, his, his dwelling would be the fatness of the earth, which means he would have most of the lands and that he would live by the sword. So his gift would be weaponry. Nobody have greater weapons than the white man. Nobody know war like the white man. The so-called white man. In the Bible, he's Esau or the Edomite. He's highlighted by what? He's identified by the eagle. Can you read that one more time? Verse 6, brother. Verse 6. And I saw that all things under heaven were subject unto her. And no man spake against her. No, not one creature upon earth. See, jump to verse 42 through 44, brothers and sisters. Verse 42, for thou has afflicted the meek, thou has hurt the peaceable, thou has loved liars, and destroyed the dwellings of them that brought forth fruit, and has cast down the walls of such as did thee no harm. This empire, brothers and sisters, they love lying. They afflicted the humble. See, now they, if you say that men can't get pregnant, <laughs> or that women should be women, right? If you say any truth, if you say that a brother who's trying to say he's a woman is a brother, then you'll be excoriated. You'll be castigated, right? You can't even come out and speak against the vaccine, see? If you come and speak out against the vaccine, you'll lose your job a lot of times. See this, brothers and sisters? This particular empire has hurt the peaceable. What did we do to you? Why did we have to go on the slave ships? What did the Native Americans do to you? Why did you beat them up? Why did you put them on reservations? Thou has hurt the peaceable. Thou has loved liars. You destroyed the dwelling of them that brought forth fruit. Who was bringing forth fruit? The children of Israel. See? What's verse 43 say, brother? Therefore is thy wrongful dealing come up unto the highest. And thy pride unto the mighty. Now the most high is getting involved. Verse 44. The highest also had looked upon the proud times. And behold, they are ended. They're coming to an end. And his abominations are fulfilled. Their time is up, brothers and sisters. Ezra was seeing a vision. A prognostication. A, a, a prophecy. Of what the Edomites or the Europeans would do to the entire earth. And then once their time was up, 
Our time was next, brothers and sisters. Our time was next. Let's go to Second Address, chapter 12, verse 11. Just the next chapter, brothers and sisters. We have four scriptures and we're going to close out. We're going to have Brother Corey read verse 11 through 13. Second Esdras, 12 and 11. The eagle whom thou sawest come up from the sea is the kingdom which was seen in the vision of thy brother Daniel. See, he said the eagle represents a kingdom or an empire which what? Which was seen in the vision of thy brother Daniel. Daniel had a vision about this kingdom. Verse 12. But it was not expounded upon unto him. Therefore, now I declare it unto thee. When Daniel had this vision, he didn't understand it, right? Behold, the days will come that there shall rise up a kingdom upon earth. And it shall, it shall be feared above all kingdoms that were before it. Who's feared like Rome? Who's feared like America, brothers and sisters? No one is feared like America. Pull up. All the bases that America have across the globe. See? They all fear America, which is wrong. Jump to verse 37 and 38, brother. Because, see, they rule by fear. See, the other people don't respect them. They fear them. 37. Therefore, write all these things that thou hast seen in a book and hide them. And teach them to the wise of the people. Look at this. This information wasn't for everybody. Whose hearts thou knowest may comprehend and keep these secrets. See, this was hidden. This was for the wise. This wasn't for your regular everyday Christians. Okay? This wasn't for people who just, you know, just want to, you know, just uh, pass out tracts. And, and say, are you covered in the blood? Are you saved? See, that's good. But then you have the scholars of our people. Right? The learned of our people, this information was for them. Because guess what? A lot of the sisters and all that, they don't need this information. This is for men. See? This is what men need to know. And we're not saying that sisters, you know, can't learn this stuff. But what we're saying is sisters really could, could live without this type of information. Because the flock of the Most High is men. The Most High is going to use men for war. He's not using sisters for war. Okay? Sisters going to Stay back and be a woman. Men will be used. Why? Because men are destructive. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some destructive brothers to tear this thing down. Which one did we leave off on? 38? Yes. Can you read 37 and 38 again, brother? 37. Therefore, write all these things that thou hast seen in a book and hide, <clears throat> and hide them and teach them to the wise of the people. Teach them to the wise of our people. Brothers and sisters, we brought this out because we believe the people that follow our broadcast, our church, are people who are on a, on a higher level. If you learn with us, we know that you... You're learning on a scholarly level, brothers and sisters, because you're learning with us. And we're not just teaching from a religious aspect of, you know, uh, just a moral aspect. Yes, we teach morality, but we also teach prophecy. We also teach history, brothers and sisters. We try, according to the spirit of the Most High, to put all of that into one. OK, because some of our people want to learn intellectually. 
And the Bible has that. You don't have to go outside of the Bible for morality or intellectual. Okay, all of that's contained in this one book, brothers and sisters. Now, 2nd Ezra 12 said, let me jump back up. Let me jump back up to verse 11. What did it say? Verse 11. The eagle whom thou sawest come up from the sea is what? Is the kingdom which was seen in a vision of thy brother Daniel. So Daniel had a vision. Let's go to it. Let's go to Daniel 7, brothers and sisters. Because it said Daniel didn't know that he didn't know what he was seeing, brothers and sisters. He didn't know what he was seeing. And see, that's the beauty of us living today. A lot of these uh, visions that these brothers were having, they had no clue what it was. But yet we know now. Why? Because we have the whole Bible. When Daniel was writing this down, he was just writing down what he was told. Okay, he didn't really know what was going on. We're blessed to be able to know what's going on. Let's read Daniel 7 and 23 through 27. Daniel 7 and 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth. Brothers and sisters, when it talks about beast in the Bible, that's referring to kingdoms or governments. Okay. Shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down. And break it in pieces. This is confirmation that the beast is what? A political power, a physical empire. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom. See? Continue. Verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first. And he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. Now, brothers and sisters, it says the ten horns. So the ten horns would be ten kings that came out of Rome, the beast. And then it says there shall be, it says, can you read 24 one more time, brother? And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall arise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first. And shall subdue three kings. Do you see this brothers and sisters? Shall subdue three kings. Now brothers and sisters. It says ten horns out of this kingdom. Right? Luxembourg. Denmark. Belgium. Netherlands. Germany. Sweden. France. Spain. Great Britain. And Switzerland. So when it says. And the ten horns came out of this kingdom. The ten horns are what? These ten countries, okay? Or these ten kingdoms. And we'll prove that. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first. And he shall subdue three kings. He shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Who is this? Who changed the times and laws, brothers and sisters? Hmm? You need to read history. Who changed January 1st to what? Who changed January 1st to, uh, to, to New Year's, brothers and sisters? What calendar are we using? Gregorian calendar? Julian calendar? Which calendar are we on? See? Who is this referring to? 
the Europeans, the Romans, right? And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. We shall be given into their hands for how long, brother? A time, times, and the dividing of time. See, there's a allotted time in which we will be under them, and they know that. Okay? There's a time specified by God, right? Verse 26. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. They shall take away his dominion. We're going to take their dominion away. This is why they're coming against us, brothers and sisters. 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. See, they know that, brothers and sisters. They know that. They know that the kingdom would be given to us, brothers and sisters. They know that. This is why they're coming against us. Let me read those ten horns again. Luxembourg, Denmark, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, France, Spain, Great Britain, and Switzerland. What do they have in common? They're scarlet colored, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Revelation 13, and we'll end it at Romans 11. Let's go to Revelation 13, because you're probably thinking... How can we be sure that that's who that represents? How do we know who the, the seven heads and ten horns are? We, we're going to help you out. We're going to help you out. Let's go to Revelations 13. We're going to have Brother Corey read 1 through 4. This was a, a vision of John that served as a prognostication of the final war. Revelation 13 verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. That beast is a kingdom. Having seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads and ten horns. Brothers and sisters, when you look at Revelations, it tells you that those seven heads represent seven hills or mountains. Rome is the only place in the earth on seven hills or mountains. So this particular beast is the Roman Empire. Okay? And then the ten horns came from the Roman Empire. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Like unto a leopard. What is this talking about? The Greeks, right? So they took some part from the Greeks. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. They took some part from the Babylonians. They took some part from the Persians. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. Who gave him his power? And the dragon gave him his power. Rome or the government of Rome gets their power from the dragon. Okay? And his seat and great authority. So the dragon gave him power, his political seat and authority. See that? Rome, the Roman Empire. The dragon is who? Satan. The same serpent. See? So the government is being controlled by the dragon. Continue. Verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And what happened? 
and they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. This beast would be the instrument used by Satan to fight against the Messiah. This is a government. This beast is a government. It's an empire. Okay, brothers and sisters, the government is against God, according to the Bible. Can you read that one more time? And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Brothers and sisters, biblically speaking, beasts typically refer or represent to world empires. So it's an empire. When you see beast, it's a kingdom or empire as Daniel taught us, brothers and sisters. This is highlighting who? The Roman Empire or the Europeans, the European governments, all of them are using what? The Eagle moniker. All of them. All of them, brothers and sisters. They're going to make war against God. They're going to war against Christ upon his second coming. Let's go to Romans 11 and 25 and we're going to end it here, brothers and sisters. Romans, the 11th chapter, the 25th verse. Romans 11 and 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery. Of this what? Of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Brothers and sisters, the idea of Israel's corporate stumbling for a time is a mystery, as we see. The focus of the mystery in this particular verse is that Israel will be delivered as a nation subsequent to the time allotted for the Gentiles. Can you read that one more time, brother? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened unto Israel. Blindness in part. Blindness was always in part because through each generation... There was Israelites who knew what was going on. Okay. So every, all of us weren't blind, but most of us were blind. There are each generation, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all through each generation, brothers and sisters, during the time of Christ, through each generation, through each captivity, he had people of us, people like us who were awakened, people like you who were awakened to what's actually going on. He said blindness happened in part. Until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. See, so according to this passage, the Most High designed, design, excuse me, assigned a specific span of time designated for the Gentiles to rule over us. And they know this. It said, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. The fullness means once it's over, once their time has been fulfilled, brothers and sisters. So what we're seeing here is Israel's salvation will be considered a mystery. See this, brothers and sisters? When Christ shed his blood on us heavenly tabernacles, we had already won. We just had to finish out the story. See? The story's already, we've already been victorious when the blood was shed. We just have to finish out the story, brothers and sisters. There's a war going on outside. There's a physical war, there's a spiritual war, there's a psychological war, there's a chemical war. And now you understand why, brothers and sisters. Now you understand why. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we strap up. 
It's time. It's time to come back to our God. It's time to come back to our Bible. There's, there's no shortage of enemies for the children of Israel. There's no shortage of enemies. The title of today's lesson, I Declare War. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.